We're continuing our journey through Mark's gospel this morning. We've been working our way through Mark's chapter 5 and 6. And today we get up to the section of Mark's gospel where Jesus famously feeds 5,000 people with just two small fish and, and five loaves. So today we're out here in our backyard uh, and I'm going to be uh, doing a bit of a barbecue show for you as well, a bit of, a, bit of a, a cooking show as we go. So Bethany has our Bible reading for you this morning. It's Mark chapter 6, verses 33 to 44. Our reading today comes from Mark chapter 6, verses 30 to 44, and it's Jesus feeding the 5,000. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going, they did not even get a chance to eat. He said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, "What that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves and loaves do you had have? He said, go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to, all, to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Talking, taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. Church, I'm a man of humble talents, I'm afraid. Uh, As much as I'd like to think that I'm a world beater, that I'm a world leader in any number of different fields, uh, God in his wisdom has chosen not to bless me uh, super abundantly with any super impressive kind of gifts or abilities. I'm a bit of a weekend warrior on the barbecue, for example. I mean, put some basic ingredients in my hands and and I can knock up a bit of a meal of sorts, I suppose, but of if you were to put these ingredients in the hands of a Jamie Oliver or a Nigella Lawson or, or a Rick Stein, these plain ingredients would take on a life of their own. They'd become a mouth-watering meal that people would come from far and wide to experience, wouldn't they? If you put a, a paintbrush in my hands, well, I could knock up a bit of a, a rough sort of a sketch, I suppose, but if you put that same paintbrush in the hands of a Picasso or a Michelangelo, you'd get a priceless work of art, wouldn't you? If you put a guitar in my hands, you're going to get some rather amateurish cowboy chords, as many of you regulars at Church in the Marketplace will know. But if you put that same guitar in the hands of an Angus Young or an Eric Clapton or even a a Brody Teo or a Lucy Kong, they can use that tool, use that guitar to take people to another plane of consciousness via beautiful music. 
And even with something that I've spent a great amount of time, many, many hours trying to perfect, really working hard at getting good at, like tennis. When I hold a tennis racket in my hands, it's just a tennis racket. But of course, put that same tennis racket in the hands of Ash Barty, for example, and it becomes a magic wand, a magic wand that she could wield to, to win Wimbledon. The bottom line, of course, is that when you put what you have in the right hands, you're going to get amazing results. So my question for us today is, why don't we do that with God? Imagine what could happen if you put this, if you put your, your humble, limited resources into God's hands. Think for a moment what you could do for good, for God, if, if you decided to give Him everything that you've got. Look, here's the scene today. The disciples returned from being sent out uh, two by two, as we heard last week. They've been out teaching and healing and liberating people. And needless to say, they're causing quite a stir at this point. So Jesus wanted to some time to simply to recharge his batteries and to be alone with the disciples. But the people are so caught up with all the miracles that have been happening, all the wonders that have been on display, that they follow Jesus in their thousands around the lake and, he, and he, as he tries to take a break. I'll bet the disciples at this point were looking down on all those people and you're getting a little bit stroppy perhaps and asking with exasperation, when are they ever going to leave Jesus alone? I reckon the disciples thought they were a little bit special and they wanted Jesus all to themselves. But uh, try as, as, as he might to sort of get away and to, to take a bit of time to be just with himself and with his with his disciples. Now, Jesus, of course, famously never turned anyone away. Getting a bit hot there. In verse 34, we read that Jesus had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. What a powerful image that is, sheep without a shepherd. I see a lot of those people around these days as well. So he began teaching them many things, we're told. Eventually, the disciples get concerned and come to suggest that Jesus, look, mate, they've had their fun, teacher. They've had teaching all day. It's time to send them away, teacher. They need to go away and to get some food. But Jesus tells them, well, you give them something to eat. What? It's going to take more than half a year's wages. Look, there's thousands of them, Lord. How could we possibly do that? The disciples make the mistake here of assessing the challenge in front of them in light of their own resources. And that's a key point here, I reckon. Never assess the difficulty that's in front of you in light of your own resources. Of course, it's easy to sit in judgment of those, of those disciples 2,000 years down the track, isn't it? But I think if we're honest with ourselves, we would all have reacted the same way if we were in their sandals, I think. I certainly know that, that I, I would have. I think we all still behave just like those first disciples. Oh, we can't do that. That would be impossible. 
Do you have any idea how much money that would cost? Oh, I don't have the time, I don't have the confidence, I don't have the teaching, don't have the training, and besides, we've never done anything like that before here. It'll never work. I think we all have a tendency to look despairingly at our situations and to throw up our hands and say, well, I give up. Well, I think we all at some point fall into the trap of thinking with a defeatist attitude that we just have to accept things the way that they are. We all sometimes fail to see that every difficulty that we encounter is allowed or sent by God to enrich us, to enlarge us, to teach us, to train us. So uh, Jesus asked them, well, what do you have? What do you have? He says, go and see how many loaves have you got? Well, they go and do their research. They come back and they say, look, five, Lord, and, and two fish. Interestingly, at this point, some of the other gospel writers fill in a few details for us here. And we're told that those five loaves were five small barley loaves. And we, they tell us that they, the fish was small, two small fish. And they were from a boy that had sort of brought them along as part of his packed lunch that day. Friends, this was the food of poor people. And the, and the Greek here for the two fish sort of insinuates that they were probably what would have been two little pieces of pickled fish. So we're not talking about a particularly impressive lunch here at all. Any one of Jesus' fishermen disciples would have knocked that lunch over probably and, and still been hungry. Many Christians still today think they tragically lack the resources that they need to serve the Lord. They say, oh, Heavenly Father, I'd love to sow generously into that ministry, but I just can't right now. Oh, look, I'd love to be in that Bible study, but I'm not able to. Oh, if I could, Father, I'd go on that mission trip, but that's just not doable for me. My time is limited. My resources is limited. My experience is so limited. All my gifts and abilities don't amount to much more than a few small loaves and, and a couple of fish. But surely one of the really encouraging themes of the Gospels that comes up time and time again when we, when we look at those bumbling disciples is that you don't have to be a Christian superstar to be used by God. If you just offer, offer him what you have and be prepared to give it a go, he can do amazing things. And of course, look at what happens uh, when our limited resources get thrown into the hands of God, when we hand them over. Jesus says to them, look, have the people all sit down. And then he takes the loaves, he gives thanks, he passes out the food and gave the people as much food as they wanted. A miracle, an absolute miracle. Now I've got some small loaves here. Like I said, I'm not much of a barbecuer, but I'm going to give it a bit of a go. They're probably a little bit flasher than what those disciples and Jesus were working with that day. Big shout out to the people down at my local fishmongers here at Maroubra Junction who, who gutted and cleaned these sardines for me this morning. Friends, let's be very clear. This is not a story about how we can make a little bit go a long way. This is a story about how Jesus can make a little go a long way. 
It's about how he uses our gifts and our resources and makes them go miraculously further than we ever could by ourselves. Little is much if God is in it. Little can be much if God is in it. And a little can be much if we allow God to use it. One of the wonderful details of this story, I reckon, is that after everyone had eaten their fill, there were still 12 baskets full of leftovers. I want you to see here the generosity of Jesus, the prodigiousness of Jesus, the liberality of Jesus. When he gave the people bread to eat, when he gave them fish to eat, he gave them as much as they wanted and then some. He was a liberal giver, a generous giver. He doesn't just give us barely enough to scrape by. No, he blesses us abundantly. He provides bountifully. We worship an outrageously abundant God. Praise the Lord. He has absolutely no regard for whether or not you deserve it or whether or not you could earn it or whether or not you could ever repay it. This is a story about God's amazing grace. The whole life and teaching of Jesus point us to a God who is recklessly extravagant and who pays no heed at all to what anyone deserves or has earned. Isn't that wonderful? This is the good news. This is the gospel. And friend, if you can get that, and I don't just mean sort of repeat it back to me, but if you really grasp it deep down in your bones, then, then you've grasped one of the core truths of the good news of Jesus Christ, and you will find a abundant freedom and life that opens up to all of those who own it for themselves, that we worship and a gracious God who blesses us abundantly, even though we don't deserve it. And this beautiful story illustrates another core gospel theme, doesn't it? A central cross-shaped Jesus-following gospel theme, that is, that it is by giving that we receive. When we give away what we have, we are blessed. That young boy gave away his lunch and was abundantly blessed and blessed others as well by doing so. So give him what you have and watch him multiply. Note, however, that there is a slight word of, of warning in this story, I think, too. A little word of warning in the postscript. When the people saw what Jesus had done, they wanted him to come and to be their king. But Jesus shuns this idea and retreats to a mountain to be by himself, finally. Just because Jesus wants to make the little that you have go a long way doesn't mean that he's going to be at your beck and call. He's not some sort of divine cosmic vending machine. We can't automatically get him to do whatever we want, uh, whatever we want him to do and like that crowd did that day. They wanted a Jesus that they could shape into what they wanted him to be. They wanted a Jesus that they could control. They wanted him to go march into Jerusalem and multiply Israel's might and glory, its army, uh, much like he did with the loaves and fishes that day and kick out the Romans. Oh, it's coming along beautifully. I might make a TV chef one day, who knows? like them to be a little bit crisper, I think. We'll see how we go. So friend, I want to invite you today to put your trust in Jesus and to give him what you have. He'll take that little bit of what you have and make it go further than you could ever think was possible. 
So give him your, your humble barley loaves and your, your small fish. Give him your limited time, your humble talents and your mediocre treasures. Put your limited resources into the hands of Jesus of Nazareth. Put your humble resources, whatever you have to offer him this day, hand them over. Give them to a generous God. Give them to that God who wants to bless you abundantly and wants to bless others abundantly through you. Now, like I said, I'm a bit of a weekend warrior when it comes to, to cooking. So we're going to give this a go and see what it tastes like. Friend, put your trust in this Jesus of Nazareth and watch him accomplish great things through you and for you. Amen.